Hey guys, DJ here. This is a disclaimer. Applied Materials is a 100% non-profit, fan-made project set within the Orpheus Protocol game system. The Orpheus Protocol is an actual play podcast and tabletop role-playing game system created by Rob Stith and published by Varkalak Press. If you would like to know more, please check out the main podcast at www.orpheusprotocol.com and patreon.com slash orpheusprotocol if you'd like to show more support for the main podcast. Thank you for your time and please enjoy the following episode. Welcome to Applied Materials, an Orpheus Protocol fan server production. My name is DJ and I will be your host for tonight. Joining me on our journey into the unknown are Paxton as Elias Manusos and Katie as Axel Anderberg. Tonight's episode, These Corrupted Lands. These Corrupted Lands contain violence, rude awakenings, and the sordid stench of failure. Consider this your warning. I would like the both of you to make an endurance check with your vitality, please. I got five. I also got a five. I would like each of you to tick off five physical wound boxes. Oof. You come to in a world of pain and hurt and ow, all of my blood. As you come to your senses, you find yourselves in some sort of clearing or crater. There are trees nearby, some of which are on fire. You've been cut down or destroyed. There's metal wreckage all around you, shattered glass. The dirt itself is slick with, you presume, jet fuel. Some places are on fire. And there's also pretty copious amount of blood everywhere and body parts. Yum. And the two of you are in an excruciating deal of pain. But somehow, some way. You survived. The last thing you remember was the plane coming down. Both of you pulling desperately backwards on the stick to try and stabilize the plane. A loud crash and explosion and then black. But the two of you are now awake, cognizant, and in a great deal of pain. You are sort of sitting slash lying in the wreckage of what used to be the cockpit of this plane. What do you do? Elias like struggles to to get up and like his ears are ringing can't quite get his bearing uh, what, what was uh, axel are you yeah i am here still here <laughs> um, uh did what happened how long has it been are we are we dying are we dead great questions i think that i'm alive because everything hurts oh, oh right okay well we crashed a plane that's great. Oh God, what what happened to the container? Uh, d- didn't I leave you with the nerd who, who had the, the box? My head is just not doing me any favors right now. Uh, we we got to figure out where we are. Um, and Elias is going to try to like start like digging out of whatever wreckage that they're trapped in and get a look around. Again, Axel's also going to try and get into a reasonably situated state, not buried under anything. Do I have a phone on me? Can I check if I have signal? You do have a phone on you. However, I'd like you to roll a luck check for me to see if your phone is busted because of the plane crash. Here's where I reveal that uh, I kind of took on Hero in Aegis of Fate. I hate you. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sorry. I kind of have it at overload right now. Yeah, Um, I hate you. (laughs) 
All right, so you dig your hand into the pocket of your jeans where your phone should be, and it is miraculously untouched, almost pristine in its appearance, except for, well, maybe a crack or two on the glass screen, but it functions fine. The phone responds to you when you tap your finger on the screen. Perfect. You don't have a signal, though. Less perfect. My phone works. No signal. So unless you have like a direct satellite link or there is a cell tower near you, you're not going to get anything. But hey, your phone works. That's nice. So I'm in a crater. Pretty much, yes. So no distinguishing anything around us. Is there like forest or like... I'd like the both of you to make an awareness check with perception. Just so you can get a lay of the land. <laughs> what does a negative two give me? Oh boy. I am, I am not a perceptive man. It's not especially after you've been in a plane crash and lived. Oh yeah, I think that might actually make me a minus three, actually. I've filled my, my slightly wounded, I'm into moderately wounded health. So minus three perception. Okay, I'm also at a three. So you don't quite get the sense of where you are, but this location appears to be some sort of clearing on one side, and the ground sort of slopes down to one side. So you kind of look around, take stock of your surroundings, and you find that as your vision clears, you see that the direction in which the ground is sloping is sort of like uniform, almost. On the higher side of the slope is forest, as far as the eye can see. Some of it is burning, though, especially the trees that are closer to you. It's also inordinately cold. You can smell fire, you can smell fuel, you can smell blood. And it kind of feels like this area is sloping downwards towards something. But there's so much smoke where you are right now that you can't really tell exactly how far the slope goes or how high you have to climb to get out of wherever this is. You can definitely tell you're on some sort of incline, pretty much. So Elias, ears still ringing, doesn't see like even that much, probably. Oh, you know what I'm going to do? Let's try to get a, a bird's eye view, as it were. Elias is going to use rank one polymorphism. So let me mark that. Humanity spend. Elias takes a deep breath, and then the breath gets even deeper until um, it looks almost like his skin cannot contain his self, and he pops into a, a fine red mist that then coalesces into a bat and he's going to uh fly to a uh a bit of high ground where he can hopefully see something a little bit better so you flap upwards riding plumes of hot air from the crash site and you escape the clouds of smoke that come from the various fires around the area and you see that the reason why this area is so sloped is because it looks like a sort of pit in the earth. The plane crashed on the side of some sort of giant hole in the ground. It's essentially an upside down cone-shaped hole in the ground with a pool of water at the center. And there's little concentric rings of dirt sort of dug out of the sides of this pit. And as you hover in the air and look around, you notice that off to your right is a town. It's kind of a halfway between a small town and a large city 
you figure it probably doesn't hold too many people. But there are several plumes of smoke coming from various parts of this small city. Mm-hmm. And now that you're up here and not hearing the sound of fire crackling and metal bending and other assorted noise, you come to realize that it's far too quiet up here. Like, normally you'd hear birds or maybe cars. And especially since you were just in a plane crash, sirens. But no, there's nothing. Oh, not a good sign. Um, Elias is going to fly back down and find Axel and return to his uh, humanoid shape. And tell Axel everything that he saw. I feel like Al- Axel pointedly like blinks a few times and then just kind of stares at him normally to hear him talk about this. I think Axel's going to look at Elias and be like, so I guess we're both vampires then. Oh, are you a vampire? That's really cool. <laughs> what are the odds? Either way, uh, there's a town uh, just out that a ways and he kind of points in a general vague direction and says... Uh, and it's like, I, I don't know if maybe my hearing isn't, you know, fully recovered yet, but it's really weirdly quiet up there. Okay. Yeah, that's good information, though. Um, I think Axel, in character, he'd probably be looking around the plane site to see if he can find that container, given that that was the purpose of whether we what we were here for. But presumably upon not finding it, would be like, yeah, let's go over to the town. Seems as good a destination as any. So I would like you to roll an investigation check with your perception to try and find the case. Sure. Okay, got a three. It's extremely difficult to try and find something intact amidst this sea of carnage. You sift through shards of metal, pieces of chair, luggage, other people's belongings, body parts, and blood. It's grim gruesome work but in all of this mess trying to find a single suitcase and a glass vial is like trying to find a needle in a haystack there's just so much broken glass and burned pieces of luggage everywhere it's impossible you search and you search it hurts but you aren't able to find anything and i'd like you to roll a horror check please against despair i have both but discipline is like not leveled very high, so stability. I should probably re-roll. That is even worse. Wow. Um, uh, I will do three spiritual strain, please. So that rounds out your total to a four. So you pass, standing to lose three preventable sanity damage. I'll do two spiritual strain and then have no damage. All right. You have that sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach as you walk through the wreckage of the business class area. You come to the realization that there's just so much here. You won't be able to find it. And even if you do, it's most likely broken. And horrible, horrible things will result from that. What do you do? Well, uh, let's head towards that city. Um, If we can get reception, we can pass on the word about what happened. All right, sounds good to me. Let's get going then. I doubt anybody else could have survived that crash, right? Anyone there? No response. Nope, doesn't look like it. Let's go. Uh, Yeah, everything's fine. Moving on. The two of you clamber out of this pit that you've got yourselves into and clamber up the slope to flat ground. And now that you're up on the edge of this pit, you can see that around the edges of the pit, it's 
pretty much cleared in terms of greenery or vegetation. There's a few fires around your area, just small spots of burning grass. But otherwise, there isn't much of stuff. There isn't much of anything. Give it a couple of yards, and then you start seeing trees and a small forest surrounding this open air pit. As you make your way towards the town that you saw, I would like the both of you again to make another awareness check with your perception, please. Three again. Um, I I actually am not going to spend any strain, and I will be happy with my roll of zero. So Axel, you are the only one who hears something on the wind. As the two of you are staggering your way across this clearing towards civilization that you can see across the pit, you hear something on the wind. It's a deep, low sound, sort of like a growl that is carrying across the wind. You can't quite tell where it's coming from, but you hear it. It's very faint and slowly but steadily approaching you from behind you and a little to your left. Well, I'm going to turn around towards it and see if I can see it. But I'm also going to say to Elias, there's something approaching behind us. Very deep sound. Oh, um, Elias will just spin around immediately like, I'm not going to get me off guard. Do we see anything? The two of you don't see anything immediately. Not, Not at the tree line, not directly behind you in the clearing. But as you wait... A trio of black dots appear on the horizon above the tree line that that slowly and steadily coalesce into blobs and then more recognizable silhouettes of helicopters. And now that they are getting closer, you recognize the sound as the sound of the rotors on the wind. They don't appear to see you as they fly past you towards somewhere but not towards the city no they're actually flying over the forest to your right they go maybe about half a mile a bit less than that and then you can see the silhouettes of them slowly lowering towards the tree line well that's odd we should probably try to remember where those are in case the whole town thing doesn't work out Uh, i mean it probably wouldn't be too long to check it out or to check those out if we Wanted to, but... we see any markings on the helicopters as they passed overhead? No, their fuselages are black and they look to be unmarked. That means that it could be Orpheus. It could also be a mysterious evil organization. Hmm. Well, you did say that it was quiet. city could be uninhabited. I don't know if you could hear it, would have been able to hear it from there, but... I, I don't know if I would have been able to hear it from that far away regardless. There was smoke coming up from spots in the town. Uh, That could have been chimneys or it could have been wreckage. So, Elias, from what you saw up in the sky, the city itself isn't that big, but it's not exactly a rural town either. You see quite a few big buildings. It's more or less like a small city as opposed to a small town. Something like what you would see in, like, Oregon. Like, small cities with several thousand people in them. That kind of deal. Gotcha. Almost like it's a... uh... A small city with a single industry? Yes. Like a like a mining town or something? Yes. Okay. I think that it's it's our responsibility as Orpheus agents to uh, at least know as much as we can about the situation before we report in. Okay, that could go to either way, but... <laughs> <laughs> hmm, do we split the party? 
we're not splitting the party. That's, I feel like that's a bad idea. Well, if you want to, you know, do your little bat thing and investigate the unmarked helicopter situation, that could be an option. Um, just like a quick there and back type thing. I don't know how, it's like a foresty area, so you probably won't stand out too much. I can continue tracking and you can meet up back with me. It didn't look like it was a very large city. Um, maybe a couple thousand people. Uh there were there are a couple of landmarks near the city center that uh, if you hang around there, I'll be able to find you. Okay, that sounds like a plan. So you poof into a bat and start flying towards where you saw those helicopters land, or at least dip down towards the trees. You fly nice and high into the sky, but keep close to the tree line so that any other potential things in the sky don't see you, even though you're just a tiny bat. You fly towards the source of the noise, and it gets louder and louder, and you come across a clearing, another clearing this time in the forest. Three helicopters, the ones that you saw, have touched down and are currently, quote-unquote, idling in this clearing. They're sort of spaced equally apart from each other, and they look like dual-rotor, military-style helicopters. And you see a whole bunch of black dots in the grass and on the ground that as you get closer resolve into human figures they look like soldiers or perhaps some sort of military personnel some of them are carrying guns others are carrying fire equipment you can tell the shapes of bright red cylindrical fire extinguishers being carried out by the cartload from one of the helicopters most peculiarly there seems to be a small tent being set up on the far side of this clearing, as far away from these helicopters as physically possible without intruding into the forest. And there are several more administrative-looking people there, along with two distinct figures. One of them is a rather tall, broad-shouldered man. Can't quite tell what he's wearing from up here, but it looks like he's wearing some sort of hat. And then next to this man is... Another figure, this second figure is huge. At least a head, if not two heads taller than the dude that you picked out with the fancy hat. Just a hulking mass of person. And you can't quite tell what he's wearing either because the two of them are underneath this tent. You can only see like vague silhouettes from how high you are in the sky. Plus, the big dude seems like he's also being partially concealed by the top of the tent. You can't really hear what they're saying over the sound of the helicopter roars, of course. But this bunch of people appear to be some sort of military operation, it reminds you of. There appears to be a perimeter being set, and it looks like a group of them are being sent out into the forest towards the city. You can't tell. It kind of feels like they're being sent in sort of the general direction of the city as you follow their movements with your eyes. But that's about all you see. All right, let's see. Armed with that information, uh, Elias is not going to stick around. He's going to uh, immediately uh, turn and fly back toward where he guesses Axel is going to be by now. Axel, you are making your you are making way through the scattered trees and various clearings as you approach this city. Now that you're some distance away from the crash site and smoke isn't obscuring your vision, you can see 
what Elias saw from his vantage up high, the plumes of black smoke rising from several different places in the city, and the conspicuous lack of any sort of noise, no sirens, no yelling, nothing coming from city limits. It's oddly and eerily quiet. How far am I at this point? I'd like you to make an athletics check with speed, please. Okay, Um, that's a three-base roll, and I think I'm okay with that. You're hurting. Everything is pain, and you don't get very far. You're probably about a quarter of the way to what you think is the city limits. Okay. Elias, you see Axel down below you just staggering across the open space towards the city. All right. I will swoop down one of my wings. Or no, I'm just spending a lot more energy flying than I need to. And so it's less of a swoop and more of a tumble as I come down out of the sky and then stagger to my now human feet. Um, <laughs> there's there's a whole lot of guys uh, coming this same direction toward this town. They don't look particularly familiar, like not standard uh, Orpheus gear. So I don't think they're friendlies. And by the number of weapons they have, they're likely uh, distinctly unfriendlies. Okay, and you're saying they're coming towards the city? Yes. How many of them are there? I didn't get a a, a count, but there's there's a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we could either go down to the city and try to take cover somewhere, or we can hover around the edge of the forest and try to keep an eye out on the city for when the people come over. What do you want to do? Um, both of those seem pretty good. I know that I would feel a lot more confident taking on guys with guns if I, you know, at least had something to eat first, but... Well, I mean, there might be food in the city. We could try to hunt down some rolls or something. Or a juice box. Yes, a juice box. That is what I'm craving right now. Yeah, I I don't think a juice box is going to cut it for how tired I'm feeling, but... Yeah. Why don't we... I mean, you also have more options, right? Because you have the whole bat deal going on. You can kind of swoop in, get yourself a juice box, head out relatively easily. (laughs) Theoretically. What, uh, DJ, what time of day is it? Looks to be about mid-afternoon-ish. It's still light out. What's the distance between the tree cover and the edge of the city, assuming that there is a distance? You can't tell from here. Okay, that's fair. Either way, we should keep going until we hit the edge of the foresty area, at least. Get more information before we make a final decision? Yeah, might as well. Maybe they'll have covered the entire city by the time we get down there, and it might be kind of weird to approach across that area in between then. Yeah, it might be. So we trudge onward. All right. You don't know how long this takes you. Past the pain and the exhaustion of recovering from a plane crash... By the time you reach the city limits, after trudging through the sparse forest that separates where you are from the actual city limits, it's starting to get a little dark. As you approach, the both of you smell death, and not in a good way. Ah yes, the familiar delicious scent of fresh death that you know can help us get blood or whatever. Except this fresh death smells wrong. It smells not like death, more of decay. You emerge from the forest at the edge of a sort of country road that segues from asphalt into dirt. 
that bleeds out of this city into the forest. The two of you sort of stumble onto this road and follow it towards the city. And as you approach, you see that some of the buildings here have signboards because it's a city. There should be shops around, right? You recognize the alphabet. It's Cyrillic. Okay. That at least gives us a, you know, very general idea of where we are. I mean, we also had an idea of where our, like, plane was going, kind of. But helpful to have some more information. And I'd like the two of you now to make a collaborative awareness check with perception. Oh, no. Basically, we're just checking to see if I drag you down. Yeah, we both have pretty bad perception anyway, so... Fair. Um, is this a new scene, DJ? Yes, new scene. Whoa, I have a four. Let's see, I'm going to use my re-roll really fast. Wow, these dice are all fired. See, with a minus two on the dice, that's putting me at negative one so far. I can, let me see, I do have, I think I have three in awareness. Yeah, because that's how I get my re-roll. So I can, I can spend three mental strain to bring it up to a two. And then at least I'm not giving you a negative. Appreciate it. So I will do that. So you got a four and then I got a two. So that does get you a plus one. So it's your total is a five. As the two of you walk along this road into civilization, not quite knowing where you are, you see off in the distance a sort of commotion. Several blocks down the street, you hear the sound of someone running and screaming and then the sound of glass breaking you see a human figure sort of burst out of a window on a rather high-rise apartment building and plummet screaming all the way to the pavement below followed very closely by several other human figures that don't make any noise who also fall and go splat on the pavement are they also screaming no like it's a horror check please both of you Okay. Hmm. Okay, we're out of four. I rolled a plus three, so I'm at an eight. So both of you pass, standing to lose four preventable sanity damage. I will just spend my two spiritual strain because I have a bunch of force of will. Reduce that to zero. I can use two spiritual. Yes, this site is horrible. Not just for the fact that some person just burst out of a window screaming, flailing, falling and then splat, but they were also being followed by several other human figures also flailing, falling, splat. I want to see if there was something wrong with the people who were following the orc. Honestly, a bunch of people just fell out a window. We should probably see what's going on. Yeah, probably. So I guess we both kind of stumble over there to see if they survived at all. Well, sure, we can try. <laughs> Just to see. All right. So the two of you stumble your way towards this gruesome scene. And as you get closer, you find that this person was a man. Was. They are now nothing more than a corpse splattered on the pavement. And there appear to be several other dead people scattered around this man. All of them appear to have taken a lot of blunt force trauma from the several story fall and they are all very dead <sighs> however the initial man that you saw fall his blood smells fresh and normal the others not so much they smell like dead blood 
I, I like that we're both vampires, so we can tell the difference between the way the blood smells. So, uh, oh man, I'm going to regret this, probably. Elias steals himself a little bit, and he, like, smeared a little bit of this uh, blood on his finger, and he licks it off. And I am going to use rank one possession to get three ranks in knowledge. What the hell happened to you? Are you touching the person who's was chased or the chasers? Uh, the guy that was chased. Seems slightly more pleasant. So what happens is you sweep your finger through a pool of this guy's blood. Then you stick your finger into your mouth and you gain the memories of this man several moments before death. It appears that this guy was running away from something, snarling, growling, several sets of feet stomping on linoleum as this guy ran up a flight of stairs. He is screaming, trying to defend himself against these strange humanoid figures that appear to be, for the most part, human, but not human at the same time. They appear lifeless, yet act as if they are full of life. They bite and grab at this man. He tries to shrug off some of their blows, and one of them distracts him enough that as he kicks off this creature, he goes sailing through the window and ends up where you are now. Very much dead. Oh, man. Um, so, like, as... Uh, we see this uh, this memory replay right before uh, the point of view makes contact with the concrete. The camera like zooms out of Elias's pupil, and he like starts. Yep, something something changed. The people around here uh, they're not acting like people. They're uh, think zombies, think zombies, or um, something else like that. We probably should not stick around longer than we need to. Okay, the important thing, though. Do we have reception? Axel, roll luck. Okay, we're out of one. I can make that a three. Let's make it a three. We're doing it. Okay. I have humanity to burn. Your phone has reception. However, it's roaming. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, well, awesome. I'm going to call the agent that we were working with, or the person that was giving me instructions. Your handler. My handler, yes. Or, or, or at least the handler that will, that informed you that there was something wrong. Yeah, that seems like a reasonable thing to do. And I'm going to tell Elias that I'm doing that. Unfortunately, the person that notified you of the initial trouble on board the plane, their number isn't saved because it's an Orpheus phone. So any end-to-end -end communications have to be encrypted and the numbers can't be saved. This is in the event of someone capturing you, getting hold of the communicator, they don't want to let numbers be known. Do I have a more familiar handler's number memorized somehow? Uh, my, my bond is to my handler. Really? You probably know their number. So... Yeah, we can, we can call your handler. It'll be great. Yeah, uh, Elias rattles off his handler's number. So you know that your handler is an American by the name of Dallas? Mm. Is it like early in the morning, midnight or something? Eh, it's Orpheus, it's fine. Yeah, D Dallas keeps all kinds of hours. Dallas, it's a great name. You know that Dallas, by trade, is an intelligence analyst? Mm-hmm. And so you know that your handler keeps odd hours. 
Yeah. So uh, uh, as Axel is trying numbers and they're not working, Elias goes, oh, wait, uh, Dallas would know what to do. And he always responds to texts right away. And he rattles off a number. Okay. I put the number in. And I'm going to pass the phone to Elias because I don't know this guy. Fair. You pass the phone to Elias. The phone rings for a few moments. And then you hear the connection sound. And you hear a slightly tired but no less chipper sounding, Hello? Hey, Dallas. It's Elias. Uh, Don't know how stable this connection is. I'll keep it short. Plane went down somewhere in Eastern Europe. There's guys with guns and helicopters and sick people hunting people who aren't sick. You hear a moment of silence. And then on the other end, you hear him scrambling for something, followed (laughs) shortly by flipping of paper and then the very hurried scribbling of a pen. And he goes, hold on, slow down a second. Plane? Plane crash? Yes. You hear him typing on a keyboard. And then he says, Plane crash, plane crash. Ah, there. You said Eastern Europe, right? Yes, Eastern Europe. Oh, okay, so that... Oh, that was you? Holy shit, you're alive? Uh, yeah, uh, me and uh, another agent named Axel. Axel. Oh, that's right, because you two were... Oh, okay, uh, yeah, I get it. Okay. Um, well, first of all, I don't know how you managed to survive, but you did. Jesus Christ. Um, you said that were... Uh, like military helicopters were the is that what you said? Yes, three big ones. Oh, okay. Those guys are bad news. Avoid at all costs if you can. And what else did you say? The um, there were sick people, sick people hunting normal people. Uh, okay. So, long story short, there is an ongoing Orpheus investigation in the area. I can connect you with the handler on site. Oh my God! I'm I, I, sorry. I'm, I'm still in shock. You lived. Through a plane crash. The hell, dude? We can talk about it later over drinks or something. Uh, oh, okay. Um, I'll keep in touch. Or at the very least, I'll keep monitoring your situation. I'm going to uh, connect you to the... Uh, uh, I'm going to connect you to the handler in charge that's, uh, on, that's on the ground right now. Awesome, thanks. You're a lifesaver, Dallas. Again. Yes, yeah, it's no problem. Dude. Um, you and Axel keep safe, all right? Will do. I'm going to be keeping out. I mean an eye out in the meantime you guys need to connect with them like as soon as you can because uh, from what i'm seeing here it's bad news it's really bad news all right we will uh i uh, elias like tries to make meaningful eye contact with axel we'll do our best to stay out of sight and not engage un- until the uh the other handler can get in contact with us and give us further instructions you hear a few more clicky-clack noises from a keyboard. The connection goes to an on-hold tone for a few moments, and then you hear another connection noise, and a man says, uh, Hello, is this Agent Manusos, yes? Yes. Excellent, excellent. My name is JP. I'm the handler here for this investigation. Where are you? Where are the two of you right now? Uh, we do not know the location. I cannot read Cyrillic. Uh, but we're in a town not too far from the crash site. I can explain that. You are in the mining town of Myrny. From what I understand, you came from the crash site, yes? Yes. Okay, good. That places you there. Is it okay for me to put you on uh, <laughs> on speakerphone so I don't have to repeat this to Axel? Uh, yes, please. Hello. Okay, good. Excellent, excellent. Okay, the two of you survived. Did, did Dr. Rubinoff survive? No, 
He was dead before the plane went down. Ah, Is the sample container with you? Also negative. Ah, that would explain why. Mm. Okay, here's a plan. The two of you need to get to the main hospital in the town. Just keep heading along that street if you are where I think you are. Give it about, what, um, maybe 10, 15 minutes by foot until you approach a larger thoroughfare through the town that should be heading left to right. If you come across a large building that looks like a hospital with a lot of dead Russian soldiers out the front door, you found the right place. We are there on the fourth floor. Roger that. Nice. Great. Is there anything you would like? Is there anything to report? Did you see anything? Has anything happened over at the crash site? Was there any other survivors? We couldn't find any survivors, but it looks like possibly those who instigated the crash uh, sent helicopters to sweep up, make sure that the job was finished. Military. Oh, no. Well, that is indeed very bad news. You need to get over here ASAP. Those people, if my hunch is correct, those soldiers should belong to Black Steel Industries. American private military company. The same people that attempted to hijack your plane, if I'm not too terribly mistaken. Lovely bunch. If they're here, that means, okay, plans need to be accelerated Then we cannot wait. The two of you need to go to the hospital ASAP. I'm sending a team out to the location of the crash site. If what you say is true, then perhaps trying to find the sample case among what remains of the crash site would be impossible. Therefore, well, the next best thing would be to retrieve the plane's black boxes. Okay, well, we should move then. Yes, please. I'll see you soon. This has been Applied Materials. Thank you very much for listening. And thank you to Paxton for playing Elias Manusos, Katie for playing Axel Anderberg. Do follow the show at Applied Mats on Twitter to keep up with the podcast, and I will see you in the next episode. Good night. Coldheart act upon their new orders, heading towards a rendezvous with the survivors of the plane crash. The crisis comes to a head for both Orpheus cells, with danger approaching on the horizon. Next time, on Lost Sheep.